I am Wrestling Elitist. I am your host, the only one that cares about you, the fans, king of all wrestling media, the whole effing show, Alex Gibson. Alexa, go ahead and play Riding Solo, because it's just me today as Chris is still on paternity leave and Sean is serving his suspension for uh, insinuating that I'm a virgin last week. Uh, So we'll be back next week with at least a two-man booth, uh, but please make sure you're checking us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast as well as our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest match reviews and articles, including weekly Dynamite and Rampage reviews. Uh, Chris also did a Elimination Chamber review, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, as the show goes on. Please make sure you've rated, reviewed, or subscribed if you have not done so already. Uh, A review after a solo episode like this is especially uh, good for my ego, so please make sure you go ahead and do that. But uh, if you're new to the show, it's going to be the usual format, but we'll tell you uh, the news of the week, match of the week, moment of the week, cringe of the week, and what we're anticipating for the upcoming weeks. I've also got a couple other uh, quick hitters on things that I had just thoughts throughout the week on different news and uh, different shows that happened. Uh, As it seems more and more, there's just too much to try to fit into uh, these segments cleanly sometimes. But we'll start with the news of the week. Last night, there was a announcement from owner, CEO, founder, I don't know. You can call him a lot of different things, but Tony Khan, uh, he announced that there's going to be a new TV show, AEW All Access. Sounds very similar to the Roads to the Top show uh, that Cody and Brandy Rhodes had when uh, AEW first kicked off. I think it's a fine show. I think the idea of it's good. I'll probably turn it on. I won't rush to turn my television off when Power Slap comes on like I do now. But I... um, I was underwhelmed by the the actual announcement itself. I announcing an announcement and then it being that you have a new um, reality show. Just I don't think that that did it for me. Um, that's a me problem. I totally get that. Um, it's going to be probably interesting, and I think it probably does a good th- way to uh, bring in fans that aren't traditionally fans of wrestling. We've heard about it with Total Divas, right? Where there's people whose you know spouses became wrestling fans because they watched Total Divas. They got into that, and then that got them invested in the show. And I think that, that can happen with, um, I almost said Roads to the Top, uh, All Access. And I think that I'm going to come out of this with some good stuff. If it ends up being anything like the WWE documentaries, the I can't remember what they call them, but it's like a 30 for 30 type of a thing, I would fucking love that. But I have a feeling it's going to play into storyline stuff and be a little bit more like you know, kind of an extension of the wrestling show without the wrestling side. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that are talking and I'll, I'll talk about this at the the bottom of the show as well. There's a lot of people right now that are talking about AEW and their ability to tell a story. Well, here's a chance for them to be able to tell stories in a different format in a more captivating way. I just traditionally haven't really liked when WWE uh, intermingled reality television with the wrestling show. Um, I'm just not a reality TV guy. Uh, I I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just not for me. And it'll be interesting to see what they do here. I think the other news of the week and what people thought the announcement might have been yesterday up until it happened was AW Forbidden Door 2. It looks like it's been revealed to be happening uh, June 24th, I believe. Um, I'm assuming again in Chicago. I would love to be able to make something like that one time. I don't think that this year will work for me. Um, but I'm excited to hear that they're doing a Forbidden Door 2. I just hope that the booking of it's better. Obviously, they were hampered by injuries last year. Um, Punk had just won the title and then immediately had to give it up. 
Uh, and then you had to run Mox versus Tanahashi, but it was for the title, which kind of just didn't really work for me. Um, but it'll still be a good show. Uh, will be interesting to see if Jay White is on the AEW side this time or uh, or not. I hope he is. And I also hope that we get to see um, Mercedes. I don't know if that's me breaking the rule about me not being able to bring her up in AEW anymore, but she's technically a New Japan talent, I believe. So I'm going to say that I can do that there. Uh, moving on to match of the week, Sean and I both had Roman versus Sammy. I think that that right now is my match of the year. <clears throat> if you look at the story that was leading up to it, the story that they told in the ring, I think Sean or sorry, Chris had this on the website as four and a quarter stars. I actually would have had it at four and three quarters for me. Uh, it was almost a perfect match. My dislike for it was the jay uso stuff i don't like the trope in wrestling where the wrestler gets bumped by a person he's kind of there to save and then they kind of look mad at each other and it seems like that's the route they're taking maybe i'm jumping to a conclusion there i did not watch uh raw this week i i'm at a point where i watch wwe clips during the week and then i'll watch the pay-per-view that's where i'm at right now i think that's probably where i'll stay um, it's just a little bit too branded for me when I watch the show. It just feels like everything is sponsored by Mountain Dew or Skittles or, uh, I don't know, some weird hair metal band. So that's how I've been consuming. So I, I might be a little bit behind on this, but it felt like that was going to be the story was that Jay is now going to be mad at Sammy for Sammy attacking him, even though he wasn't trying to attack him. It was just Roman moved. I don't love that story in wrestling. It feels like that's how they tell stories of, uh, tag teams breaking up and it's like, well, just go look at the tape. You can see it was an accident. Uh, that I, that's beyond the point though. Great story that they told. I think that I saw a stat that they did not touch from the time the bell rang until four minutes and 13 seconds later. That's incredible. Brings me back to when we were at the ROH show and got to see the first of the FTR and Briscoe's match. There's something special about getting to experience that. There's something special about watching it on television where you just know that this is a match that matters. Um, it's a bummer that Sammy didn't win. I think that I would have loved to have lived in that timeline, but I also, you know, wrestling, you know, the story doesn't always have to be winning the championship. And I do worry that the story of Sammy's build would have completely overshadowed his actual reign. Something similar that happened to hangman actually, um, you know, hangman had such a fun build and you, you watched it for two years you're so excited for it to happen and still was ecstatic when it happened. But then immediately everything else just felt not as important. And even when he lost the title, it felt like it, it was a little bit lackluster. He had some great matches. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't have any great stories after that incredible story. And the bloodline story for me, if there's a better story that I've watched in WWE, I couldn't tell you what it is. I off the top of my head or even just thinking about it, as I watch, I just can't think of anything that matches that. Um, Sammy comes out looking great. It's a little weird to me that Owens comes out to save him after the match is over, but doesn't come and help him when you know the ref is down and the Usos are coming out to uh, cause harm to Sammy. I get it that they have a weird relationship, but it just also then feels weird for him to come out. Once again, if I'm looking at it from a booking standpoint, it's because... The fans in Montreal wanted to see the hometown guy win. 
and he lost in the main event in one of the greatest stories of all time. So you want to send them home happy, which is the other hometown kid from Montreal coming out to save him and them somewhat standing tall. So for me, it was match of the year candidate when you include the story. Um, There might be some matches that are uh, better from a just pure in-ring standpoint. Not that there's going to be a whole lot better. Sammy and Roman are both incredible, but that was what stood out to me was just the story of it throughout, seeing Sammy uh, have a chance. I could not believe when he, um, there was a point where I thought that there was a chance he was going to win. Uh, you know, him setting up for the Huluva kick, that's one of my favorite finishers in uh, wrestling right now. I love that it's one that he can hit on anybody. It always looks great. And uh, just interested in seeing where things go because a Cody win isn't going to feel special. Uh, it'll be good. It'll, I'm sure he'll have a great reign if he wins. I'm sure that, um, you know, the WrestleMania match will be very, very good. But man, it does feel like, Sammy probably should have won. I just worry about what they would have done afterwards. Um, I'm gonna gonna keep an eye on what what they do for sure. And I like the idea that the story really is that you know nobody could get through the uh, bloodline. Nobody could um, nobody could really like put any any um, scratches in their armor. And you see Sammy who came in with a genuine wanting to be a part of it, and they used him. Uh, abused him and rejected him. And that ultimately led to their demise. I like that story still, regardless of if he has a title on his, uh, around his waist at the end of it. But I think he'll end up with the tag titles with, with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. That seems obvious. Um, I will say that I did call the rough bump where Sammy technically gets a win and um, there's nobody there to count it. So I'll pat myself on the back on that since I don't have uh, Sean or Chris here to do that for me. Uh, moving on to the moment of the week, I honestly struggled this week to have a moment. Um, you know, obviously, my I was hoping my moment would be Sammy, Sammy standing tall, but it was not. Uh, so I went with MJF and Brian Danielson's promo with each other. Brutal. Um, first of all, the, the things that MJF said about, uh, you know, Danielson and his CTE and how he's not going to, you know, how he despises him for putting wrestling over his family uh, when he has struggled to find somebody to love himself. Um, Really interesting. The uh, bringing in of MJF's fiance, leaving him. I wonder how true that is. I think this is one of the beauties of MJF. I, as soon as he said that, I was like, Whoa, did him and his fiance break up? So I went to both of their Instagram pages and they've removed photos with each other, removed photos of their engagement and, Anybody else, first of all, I don't think would bring this in to the story, but with him, I'm like, actually the fact that he said that and all their photos are gone, I'm like, he, they're probably working us together. Uh, I don't know what the case is. If that is, if they really did break up, I, I hope they're do, both doing fine. That seems awful, uh, especially to have gone through a public uh, engagement just a few months ago, but the, the crowd chanting, you deserve it. Uh, that seems like one of the most... Uh, brutal things I've ever heard a crowd chant at a wrestler. Uh, and it kind of goes to show uh, what MJF's been able to do since winning the title. How many months ago was it that we were sitting here clamoring for an MJF true face turn saying that, you know, it's he's just too good. People aren't going to boo him. And 
people were chanting, you deserve it when he said that his fiance left him. Um, you know, that's, it speaks to his, uh, his ability. It speaks to his character. Um, maybe not in a great way, but, uh, regardless, it does speak to his character. And I, I appreciate somebody who, who can do that, uh, because MJF does kind of walk the line sometimes him and Max Caster both do. And having somebody that is willing to do that to themselves as well is really important. How many people do you find that they could dish it, but they can't take it? <coughs> CM Punk. Uh, anyways, you know, that is a, an issue where, you know, you could talk all the shit you want, but if somebody says something you don't like, then uh, you have, you know, you've got heat brother, or you've, you know, you've got to then call them out and, and uh, kind of ruin the flow of a show because you need to make sure that you get your, your piece in there. So credit to them both. Uh, you know, those pull apart segments, they always, they always work for me. Uh, I don't, you know, see Danielson winning this title at this time. I think MJF is going to have a lengthy run. I don't think that Brian Danielson is the one to take it off of him. However, I, uh, I'm interested in the match. It's going to be a great, uh, you know, one hour, just barn burner. So moving on to cringe of the week, the other promo that happened Starks versus Jericho for me was just awful. I, I fucking love Ricky Starks. So it's taking a lot for me to shit on this. Um, I texted the boys during the show that if I, uh, came across a genie, one of my three wishes would be able to pull off the fashion that, uh, Ricky Starks has. I think he's got such a unique style, uh, that I would look like, uh, an Oompa Loompa. And so, Credit to him on that, first of all. But it was clear that they were trying to do the Starks versus Jericho uh, revolution match to be like he kind of tricks Jericho into signing for the match with like reverse psychology type of a thing. But it was almost it was almost like when somebody's trying to wink at you, but they accidentally blink with both eyes instead. Like they was so overly the top done. And maybe it's because so many wrestling fans complain about uh, if something's too subtle, then they're like, Oh, well you need to spell it out for us. But it felt to me like it was, they were trying too hard and to the point where it didn't even really make sense. Um, you know, the whole Jericho attacking um, Peter Avalon when he came out to accept the contract. Like I felt like, I felt like Ricky should have just been, you know, kind of selling it like, yeah, you're right. You probably wouldn't have been able to beat me anyway. So it's, it's fine. I'll just move on. Like, I think that that's the route they should have gone instead of the way they did it. It just, it felt like they were skipping a step throughout the entire promo. And I think that that's, you know, if you look at the constant complaint, I'll, I'll actually just talk about this now because I've already brought it up once. There's a constant complaint about AEW storytelling issues. And I'm, one of the ones that believes in that. I think I have not been less invested in AEW since they started than I am right now, despite the fact that I've just spent the first 15 minutes of this, uh, you know, 12 of them have been talking about AEW. They have just struggled to really tell cohesive full stories. I think a lot of times there's holes in it uh, or there's just you're like, why are they fighting or why is this happening? Or, you know, somebody gets hurt. And then instead of just pivoting, they, just put something off for three months. Like uh, who's the girl from the house of black, uh, Julia Hart, like her joining the house of black kind of got dropped. And then all of a sudden, once everybody was healthy, it happened again, those types of things, you just need to be able to pivot and move on and, and just tell a good story. 
and and let the crowd kind of dictate the story too, right? How people are reacting. I think they usually do a good job with that, but they've just overthought a lot. They don't really tell full, complete stories. They'll ditch things. They'll take things on too long. Um, you know, there's there's a beauty in ending something when people still want more of it versus once they're sick of it. Um, you know, that that goes for television shows, things like Breaking Bad. I think about that all the time. How much worse would that show be remembered if they had gone one, two, three more seasons? Uh, you know, something like a Game of Thrones where people, everybody talks about how great it is and there's always a but at the end and they're talking about the last season or whatever. Uh, same thing with Dexter. I think that they, you know, were able to make it better by doing their most recent season. But the story or the the point remains that sometimes it's just good to cut things off sooner rather than later. And with that, I'm going to cut off that rant. So uh, Sean had a, another cringe here that I'll just talk about. Uh, he said the other announce, kind of the announcement falling flat. You know, it, it works for them. They did over a million views last night, and I have a feeling most of it was because people wanted to see what the announcement was. It's lackluster. It's going to pop a rating for you, but that seems like a cheap way to pop a rating, and it doesn't get people to continue watching. It was a decent show, but I, you know, I think if I was somebody who wasn't tuning into AEW and then tuned in because I was like, oh, they're going to announce something big. Let's see what it is. Last night's show wouldn't get me to come back next week. It was fine. There was nothing bad about it. It just wasn't wasn't anything special. And I think that you need to be careful about that. Um, luckily I've gotten a little bit better about my expectations. And so with that, I, uh, I knew not to, uh, not to come in thinking that it was going to be anything too huge. Uh, my guess was going to be maybe a talent announcement, uh, or maybe something around like the Owen tournament coming back, but that would have even been weird to make that a big announcement. So it's fine. Um, but I, I think that Tony needs to be careful. I, I, I think that you need to be cautious about using something like that when I feel that that would have been just as good as a press release. And then you mentioned it on the show later on. Uh, moving on to anticipation. So for me, I had uh, the Revolution card finalization. Um, one final kind of complaint about AEW that I'll put through tonight is they just refuse to finalize a, a pay-per-view card with any time remaining. Like they, they love to, you know, the rampage before you're going to find out what, what the final card is. I understand that. Like you got to let the stories organically develop and everything like that. But sometimes it almost feels like they're purposely waiting. They're like, oh, we could start this now, or we could tell you we could crunch everything together in two weeks right before the show happens. You need to let things breathe. You need to let let things kind of get settled in. And I'm just a little frustrated with the fact that we don't fully know the card. Generally speaking, you can guess it, right? Uh, but even that, I think, you know, the women's uh, stuff, I, I would have assumed it was going to be, um, you know, Soraya versus, uh, I can't even, why, why am I blaming, uh, Jamie Hayter. But now it's going to be a triple threat, which I don't really love, uh, especially when you're also having a fatal four-way for the men's tag titles. You know, I, I am a proponent of less is more with pay-per-views, but if it means that you're going to have every title match be a multi-man match or a multi-woman match, then maybe you do need to add two more 
to the schedule or, you know, have, have some more specialty, uh, shows during the, during the, you know, weekly television, because when I think pay-per-view matches, I want to see obviously great wrestling, but I want to see good stories. I want to see intriguing matchups. Why are these two fighting besides the title? Obviously everybody wants the title, but you could still tell a good story about the title when it's not just about the title. And that's, that's something that I want to see AEW get better at. Um, anticipation that Sean had mentioned too, is just Roman and Cody facing off soon. Uh, now that we have Sammy a little bit out of the way, right. Getting to see that face to face, potentially getting, you know, a, uh, a fun little segment where they sign the contract. Uh, maybe Paul Heyman getting slapped in the mouth for insinuating that he's going to sleep with Brandy when Cody dies. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things between them over the next few weeks. and I'm excited to see that as well. Does Cody's presence truly match that of our tribal chief? And uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, if I had to put my money on it today, I think Cody wins. But personally, um, I think what they should be doing is Cody loses and then at like you still start to see everything unraveling for Roman. He's still getting out of everything luckily um, and able to you know get through, get wins at the next few pay-per-views. But then you have him drop it at SummerSlam. And I'm not just saying that because SummerSlam's in Detroit, but I think I think doing the one-two punch of Sammy coming close and then Cody winning devalues Cody winning. You could still have Cody be the one that wins at SummerSlam, but have him have to have a little bit of a comeback. And I think that that too matters because Cody was out for six or whatever months after Hell in a Cell, came back, won the Royal Rumble, and then immediately has this title match. I think it's more meaningful if he loses the first one and then you come back around at SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year, arguably, and that's where Cody wins. To me, that would be more special. Um, just some some other kind of quick hitters that I had. Staying on the same topic of, of WWE first, to me, that was the best men's elimination chamber in the last decade. I think you went in there, there was nobody made to look silly. Uh, they made everybody look strong. I am not a Bronson Reed guy, but they made him look good. Uh, they made everybody as they went out. They had They took multiple finishers. They did it all in a way that made everybody look like they could have won it if they didn't get the bad luck of being the one that everybody was attacking or obviously at the end with Logan Paul running in. Um, I can't believe that. I just said that the best uh, elimination chamber match involved Logan Paul, but it did. Uh, it was, you know, you got to see some younger stars or some guys that maybe weren't fully featured under the Vince regime. To me, Montez Ford is an absolute S-T-A-R star. Uh, loved seeing him by himself. I uh, would love to see that continue. Uh, I, I told Sean that on Sunday. I was over at his new place, and I mentioned that, and he was a little... Uh, he didn't like the, the all the crotch chops. Uh, I get that, um, but for some reason, I just I, everything about Montez I enjoy. I just think he's got so much personality. I think charisma is a word that is overused in wrestling, Uh but I, I think it's probably the right word for him. He's just got it. He's got an it factor to him, you know, and then, you know, just kind of the power couple dynamic between him and Bianca. I think there's just so much potential there. And I, I hope we get to see him get a singles run. I don't think that him and um, 
I don't think that him and Dawkins need to break up. I think you can do similar to, you know, some other tag teams where, you know, they could still be friends. They could still work together a little bit, but they don't always have to be a tag team. And, you know, you can let Montez kind of do his thing. He gets so much fucking air on that frog splash. It's incredible Uh, that uh, I don't even know what you would call what he did from the top of the cage where he like twist, like the way he contorted his body through to like fall. I, I don't even, my body hurts thinking about it. Uh, So great job by all the men involved in that match. Um, Then my other, my other WWE comment was just, why do they refuse to give us a true fucking Brock versus Lashley match? Uh, Another just one star turd uh, between those two. I want to see, I think these two can do it. I think they just need to be given the opportunity. It feels like they're afraid to have one of them lose. Uh, I think now there, it sounds like they're working towards Bray Wyatt versus Lashley and then Brock versus Omos for WrestleMania. I would much, much rather see these two go at it, give them give them eight minutes to just fuck each other up, um, you know, in a good match, a good just beef slam. And and then I'll be happy. I'll stop. I'll stop asking for it. I won't ask for a second or a third. I just I was. Bummed is the best way to put it uh, at a little elimination chamber. Um, only other thing to talk about, uh, because I already talked about the AEW storytelling stuff. There was a huge art, article, not article, a thread on Reddit talking about it um, in a way better way than I ever really could. Um, so my last thing is just the firm in AEW. I, please go away. You're wasting Stokely Hathaway, one of the greatest talkers to me in wrestling right now. Um, he's just kind of around nerds and I, it's kind of ruined Lee Moriarty. I love Lee Moriarty and even big bill, um, hate the name, but I think that he's a intriguing big guy. But when you have the firm, like just the stench of that group is just awful. And there's nothing about them. that seems like winners, Ethan page uh, being a part of that. And I don't even know if he really technically still is this. I enjoy Ethan page. I don't think I don't think Ethan's wasted by any stretch of the imagination. I think that he's got higher potential, but you got to build people up to that. I'm fine with where he's at, but I wish, I wish he was doing something more interesting. He could be at the same place on the card. I just wish it was more interesting. And that's how I feel like a lot of the, with a lot of the guys from the firm. Uh, and I wish that Stokely was representing somebody more meaningful. It doesn't really make sense to me as to why he is uh, where he is on the card currently. So Hopefully that changes. I think right now AEW is at this point where they've just got so much talent. And once again, I don't want to sound like those people that, you know, back in 2014, 15, 16, you know, pre AEW days that would say every single wrestler that they love should be a star. I was somebody who was calling for it for Rusev, AKA Miro for a long time. And he came to AEW at first. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then he's really turned into a great character, but now he's just gone. And I'm not asking for you to give him the title, but I am asking to see him on TV. I'm asking for him to be doing something meaningful, getting wins, uh, having telling a story. I, I I hate how many times I've used the word fucking storytelling or telling a story during this show, but that's what wrestling is at the end of the day. And I feel like we haven't gotten that in a really long time from AEW in a consistent manner. And you've got a lot of really talented wrestlers. And if you want to be able to lure guys away or girls away in the future, you 
got to be able to prove to them that you can tell intriguing uh, stories. And, you know, I think that when I think about the fact that Mercedes slash Sasha is still, you know, at least as far as we know, not signed to AEW, even though she could have gotten uh, the most money from AEW, that tells me that she's not that interested in what they're doing. You can also make the argument that part of it might be freedom and everything like that, but I think she could have gotten a lot of freedom uh, working for AEW. I think that there just wasn't, there's not an urgency for her because why would you have an urgency? There's not, what 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 are you going to do that's really compelling here other than, yeah, you could have a couple of, you know, four and a half, five-star matches, but what do you do beyond that? If if that's all you're going to do, then yeah, go to go to Japan, wrestle in stardom, uh, New Japan, and and do that there because then you're truly wrestling some of the the best female wrestlers in the world. Stardom, their roster is insane. I I don't give that a much enough of my time uh, as I should. So that's all I have today. Um, if you made it through this, uh, fucking bless your heart. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week we will be back. Sean was, uh, out of power this week. I hope that, uh, everybody else was able to stay safe, stay warm during the ice storm. If you're here in Michigan, um, but we'll be back to a two man booth next week. And then, um, hopefully have some updates too on Chris coming back in the somewhat near future, but please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, visiting the website, wrestlingleadus.com, latest match reviews, articles. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, uh, last week, we've got another series that we've kind of got in mind. We're just trying to figure out how we do it without it um, coming off as like a fantasy booking type of a series. That's not what we want to do here. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Please make sure you tune back in next week. Share with a friend. Rick Rude, send it home. Hit the music.